Hey, sorry, I'm running a little bit late. Uh, welcome to uh, call in episode 61, Fallout Part 2, just continuing our discussion with more people about the fallout from the midterms. And uh, I see a bunch of newly verified Twitter losers here, both in the queue and in the audience. So congrats to all of you, I guess. Um, I don't really need to set this up much. If you if you missed it, um, if you missed the prior episode, I just I'm gauging your reactions to what you saw with the midterms, how your voting experience went, where you are in the country. Um, just interested in hearing your thoughts about what you saw. Of course, since then, as I meant to do this last night, and just I couldn't because my voice was leaving me uh, very slowly, like a corpse. Um, uh, since then, we've had developments. Former President Boomer Dad is uh, unloading on very successful GOP governors all over his platform at the moment. And for the most part, they have found themselves being restrained. And I guess part of this discussion, uh, we do have to discuss the big orange elephant in the room, which was uh, a simple question to people, which is, are you over this? Are you over the uh, celebrity apprentice style politics of Donald Trump? Um, are you sticking with them no matter what? Uh, do you see alternatives? Is the deep state getting involved here? I don't know. Um, so, of course, that's another thing is because I do think based on last episode and just me talking to normies here and there, it feels like this is different and it does feel like people are kind of over this. And that could be because it's exhausting. It could also be because they see viable alternatives to him heading into uh, another election year. And so these are all just topics to keep in mind. Uh, I'm going to kind of keep it brief than, than my usual spiel, just because this is a continuing episode. So you just know what it's about. Your thoughts on the midterms, uh, your thoughts on what you saw either in Florida or Virginia, or obviously President Boomer Dad going uh, apoplectic and um, losing his shit all over his own social media platform. So that'll be the topic. We'll go for about 55 minutes here, about an hour, so we can all then get on with our weekends and our lives. And uh, I see a few people back there. If um, you join the queue uh, last episode, I'll try and bump you up, uh, as well as anybody that's kind of new. So uh, a few of my regulars, you're just going to kind of have to wait, and uh, I'll get as many people out of the queue here as possible, and we'll just go off and running. Uh, nothing really else to set up. Bo, I went ahead and made you first. Um, I you look kind of like a new caller, so go ahead. Hello, Stephen. How, like, how are you? Well, I'm fine. I'd just like to apologize to the rest of the country for Nevada and our 22-day uh, election cycle. <laughs> yeah. I was talking with Jack Gabriel about who's who. Why are senior citizens in Arizona and Nevada who's kill him? Did I just kick him off? Oh. Um. Uh, I don't know if he just left. That's funny. If he just did that, that's great. No, there he is. Let's bump him back. Um, sorry, I hit the wrong button. Yeah. That is distracted by all the gambling. Like, did, are they treating tabulating votes like slot machines? Um, what the, I, well, I, I found guess, out. I, guess the I, I thought this is you, okay. you just got a call from decision to the Republican governor. So maybe he can fix the shit that's going on. But uh, go ahead. I want you to continue to apologize, please. I wasn't aware of this because I wasn't paying attention last cycle because I just thought everything was effed up. Um, but apparently, if it's postmarked, your your mail-in ballot, if it's postmarked by the day of election, November 8th, you have four days for it to be counted, but they have until the 14th to count them. So eventually, by 2023, we'll have a senator, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think I don't. The last time I looked, it looked like Litzalt was in the lead, and they think that he, from what from what I'm reading about people they trust and pollers say, they think he's going to pull this out. But one of the things about this is this just goes on as long as it has. It's like how how do you see journalists in particular say there's people are claiming conspiracies and shenanigans, and it's like how do you expect them not to? Do you expect them to just shut up and wait? I mean, that's just against human nature. It doesn't mean that they're finding ballots. But we saw this happen with Al Franken in Minnesota in his election where they just they kept counting. And then all of a sudden they found a fucking couple of boxes full of ballots in a car trunk. Oh, we got to count those now. 
And so to, to sit there and say that people aren't going to consider their shenanigans happening, it's beyond realism. And, and I wish people in media would address that. Like it's like I said, it's like the Paul Pelosi attack. You people get all of your fucking information wrong, and then you blame the people for going, "Hey, why that happened? Why why did you retract that piece? Of, What's going on here?" Well, you're a conspiracist. And it's like, no, hold on, I'm just going off of what you're telling me. And it's sort of the same thing with vote counting. It's like, how the fuck can you people not get this done when Florida, the the largest, you know, third largest state in the country, can get theirs done in five hours, or Brazil can count every vote in their country? Like, how can you not do this? And then you look at Nevada, you look at Arizona, you look at California. They're still counting in California. And they're still counting in New York. And there seems to be one kind of thing that all of those states have in common. And so that's the thing that kind of drives me up a wall when you start questioning, hey, what's taking you fucking people so long? Leave us alone. Stop it. It's like, no, hold on. Like, these, these idiots in Florida can get this shit right. Why can't you? Well, yeah, for people to just start going, I don't know how people in media and politics expect people to behave when this shit takes a week and cameras are going out and, uh, oh, we found more ballots and, oh, shit, here's a box on the side of the road we forgot. And it's just kind of like it doesn't mean that there's shenanigans, but what do you want people think? Well, I think the guys that were transporting the ballot boxes stopped off at um, a local casino for a bit and just kind of got hammered and left them there. Maybe. I don't know. I know Guam, within an hour after they closed their, their uh, polls, they had their fucking votes in, so that's fun. Guam. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a, just a U.S. territory with non-voting electors. Um, they can get their shit together, but, like, Nevada and Arizona can't. And so, and especially you throw, you know, someone like Carrie Lake into the mix, who she's going to sit there and throw everything that she can out there. I don't, I don't know, which I'm not saying she should, but I'm here going, what do you people expect? Get you- Well, if you personalize it, would you? I wouldn't. I mean, it's like, okay, wait, 20% of the polls in Maricopa County weren't working, or the poll machines weren't working at first. Right. And then, and then they fixed it from a printer issue. Then they said, then the guy comes out and says, well, it's never been an issue before. What? And they, and you have, uh, the 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 secretary of state running for governor when she should be kind of overseeing this shit and yeah i'm not again it's to sit here and point out these things is not a conspiracy especially when not. 20% of these voting machines failed and then they went oh it's just a printer problem we'll get them counted we'll get hand ballots counted and it's just kind of like what the fuck is going on here people how can you not in afghanistan when you voted you dipped your finger in purple ink and that was like how it showed you voted. And that is a more reliable system, apparently, than half the voting machines in, a, in the second largest county in Arizona. And so it's not to sit there and go, someone's doing it on purpose. George Soros is back there pulling levers. No, that's not what anybody's saying. What we're, we're noticing, there's problems. And one of the media's favorite games is when people on the political right just simply notice things. You know, like uh, conservatives pounce on crime. And it's like, no, we're just noticing that people are just getting killed in the suburbs now. And so that's I I guess I I just shrug and I just go, if you don't want these fucking kooky, you know, MAGA QAnon candidates, don't give them the ammunition. Like, you better have your shit ready to go. Like, how did you guys not test these machines, you know, a week or two prior to the election? It was just, oh, they ran out of ink. Like, what? Like, yeah, is, is it like Mike? It's like the fucking Dunder Mifflin running our election. <laughs> and to explain Nevada a little bit, okay, we're a giant state, basically land wise. The southern tip, where Las Vegas is, is bright blue, and that's because of the Southern California influx back in the nineties. Whatever, fine with it. There's a little strip by Reno, bright blue. The rest of the state is all red. Unfortunately, the middle of the state is inhabited by space aliens. They don't get to vote. Um, the upper north is uh, uh, is a bunch of miners that um, can't write their names. So all those votes are still coming in, and they're still going to be able to be counted. What's today, Friday? The four days? Yeah, they still got time. So we got that going on. And as for Boomer Dad, I think he's uh, I think he's going see now because he just called Young Kin Chinese. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. <sighs> That to me is just Trump. Like he's just, it's like, if you want to know why you think he did that, it's because he's like, I don't know. Is he trying to pin COVID on Yunkin? Is he going to call him like the, the China governor? Um, it's just funny that he even writes that. Like, it's like, 
he's writing a letter to himself and he just goes, Yun Kin. <laughs> that sounds Chinese. And then he just writes that. Yeah, he's talking in his head and writing it down as he's, right. he's thinking it. But that's what he's always been like. That He always does that shit. So I read that and everyone just cut, oh, God. And one of my favorite, like, Twitter accounts that I followed for a while, Rex Harrison's hat, who's unverified, by the way, um, he just tweets out, nobody, absolutely nobody. And then he goes, Donald Trump, and he does the, the slanty ching, eyes. Ching, chow. Ching, 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 chong. <laughs> <laughs> Like what he's, he's what is he trying to prove here? Like, and so I'm trying to think of like where is his head going? And I thought, is he like, is he doing a COVID thing here? Like that sounds Chinese, doesn't it? Is that his nickname, like Young Kin? Like you're just making him sound Asian? <laughs> I, I I don't know where he's going. I mean, uh, Jack Bosilviak is one of his biggest supporters, and he's been like quiet on this. He's just I can see his head just thinking, oh my god, what's he doing? What is he thinking? He's the same guy. That's the whole, you know, that's always been the thing for people who worked for him and then quit and said, I can't do this. You know, the, the whole class of Miles Taylor, Alyssa Farrah Griffin and Scaramucci, who are now all media darlings. He's the same guy he's always been. He's never changed. And so if you're still supporting him and he's out there doing this shit and you're like, what is he doing? Why is he going after DeSantis? Why is he going after you? It's like, because that's who the fuck he is. That's who he's always been. And I mean, as he, as I've said before, and, and other things, the thing with DeSantis is fascinating because Trump's always just kind of been—it's sort of a myth that he's a counterpuncher, but um, he's just never gone after a guy who just hasn't said shit about him, like good or bad. He's just like going after him, and DeSantis is just like, "I'm on like hurricane duty. You you enjoy yourself, have fun though, you know." And so that's that's what's different here. That and it's kind of like. The dude just won by 20 points in, in Florida, and he turned he, Florida he, red. Yeah, no, it's 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 not even red. It's that he decimated the Democratic Party there. They, they, they it's going to take them 10 years to dig out of this hole, probably. Um, and so people are just naturally going, "Oh shit, this whatever this guy's doing is resonating." Hey, that could probably play across the country. And what's so funny is right on cue, you have Donald Trump lining up against him, and now you have the media who are basically egging this on, and they're going to make – this is the theme of my podcast today. They're going to make Trump the Pied Piper again, and Morning Joe – when he announces Morning Joe's going to have him on again, and CNN's going to have him on again, and they're going to get him – they want him to basically suck all of the oxygen out of the room again. And I guess I look at this and that's what I say to GOP voters. Do you want this again? Is this what you really want? If so, okay, buy the ticket and take the ride. But don't come, you know, crying again if he gets fucking blown out by Biden, which could or could not happen. I don't know at this point. Well, I can't um, say what's going to happen in two years or how things are going to change. But, but right now, right, from but, what he's I gonna, thought, but that's the thing is he's going to be campaigning for two years. Like he's going to announce like two full years before the election, I guess the election's November 8th, 2024. He's right. going to announce two full years ahead. So he's just going to go out there and campaign for two years. Okay. I can mm. imagine people getting real fucking tired of that. Well, right now, did you see that? Uh, what's it called? The American firearms association totally um, re reversed its opinion of Atlantis from like two months ago. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of that. Um, and I, I guess I, I don't even know. And here's the thing. Is I don't even know if the dude's running. I've said, I don't know how he can't now. Like, that's where, that's all I say. Is I, don't, I don't have any inside information. I don't have anything like that. But I'm kind of just of the opinion. I don't know how you don't, regardless of Trump, because Trump just looks like a wounded animal to me right now. And like I said, this isn't 2016. And Trump's people are trying to paint him as like a Paul Ryan, Jeb, Jeb Bush tool. Shut up. Um, and so it's kind of like, that's, that's not going to stick because DeSantis doesn't have anything to do with those people. And, uh, DeSantis's people are getting behind him because they see him picking the right battles and picking the battles that I think people on the right want to have. And that's all there is to it. It's just, it, to me, it's not going to work. And to me, this is, as I've always said, Trump's, Trump's core support comes from 
voters. It comes from people. It doesn't come from people like me. It doesn't come from pundits in Washington. It doesn't come from the GOP establishment. It doesn't come from, you know, uh, Breitbart or Rush Limbaugh. It doesn't come from anything. Trump's supporters always come from voters who are just kind of tired of jab. Well, this is different than 2016 because there, there seems to be one or two, possibly two alternatives out there where voters are like, we can get we can get the policies we like with some competence and what we don't always have to worry about this dude screaming and yelling. I don't know. Well, those are, those are puppies. Um, the best thing that's happened to Florida yeah, that sounds odd, was that hurricane. That hurricane was the best thing that happened to Santos. The way he just went to work and got things done, um, left politics out of it and uh, just helped people. That was a big, big, big thing. Yeah, and you could see leading up to that hurricane, boy, the media were just begging. They were hoping it would they kill were, thousands of were, people. They were hoping a whole ton of black people drowned in that hurricane. They were hoping yeah. black babies and Chinese babies. <laughs> they were tra- like a bridge fell out and they were like thousands are stranded and then the bridge got built up in a day. They were hoping a bunch and, of Latinos were just destroyed by it. Yeah. Yeah, they were hoping for a bunch of drowned Puerto Ricans and Cubans and Right. Um, they ended up settling on his white boots. That's what they ended up at. And oh, the clam means, boots? Yeah, which is that's what people said. It's like the media is laughing at his white boots, and it's like those are shrimping boots. Those are normal. Um, and, yeah, I mean, and he's dealing with another one, which is I think how he, I, people are like, how is he going to respond? How is he going to respond? And he's just like burning along. He's just doing his job. And it's like, dude, I don't have time to, you know, answer every rant on true social i got i got a fucking storm to deal with that's what we want in politicians yep. i think yeah yep. anyways I, i'll let you go because i know you got people coming up and you can hang up on matt from new jersey by the way anyways um happy veterans day to my fellow veterans uh have a good day and everybody drink drink lots of lots of alcohol good night <laughs> i'm not even gonna get to matt tonight i'm gonna make him wait thanks Bo. that's that's the boy right, right on uh, Ian off last episode. Um, hold tight back there. Uh, I will try all of you as possible. Ian, thanks for uh, thanks for your patience. Sorry again for cutting you off last last uh, two nights ago. Whatever. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, so I'm not a big Trump guy. I'm sort of in the same boat as you. That as soon as the Republican Party nominated Donald Trump. I just was like, well, I guess that means I'm not a Republican because I don't, like, I, I don't see it. Like, it's not, he doesn't represent me. And so the, the idea that he's going to basically self-emulate the second anyone else has any success is, frankly, the funniest way that this could possibly end. Uh, by him just flailing wildly at people that have said literally nothing about him uh, in months. Uh, I don't think Youngkin's mentioned Donald Trump since he was elected last year, uh, at least until he was attacked by him this morning. And, or was it yesterday? It's not not important. But it's I, – I just don't really – like – I would love to sit here and say, I don't understand how people stay behind him at this point, but I wasn't really sure I understood how people got behind him in the first place. Um, I mean, when you look back, when you look through the whole law, they didn't, they liked the idea that finally someone was coming along and just slapping the shit out of the Bush family. That's pretty much it. Um, and then, of course, he's slapping the shit out of the McCain family. And and I don't agree with that, but that's just what I think people were doing. It's just like he just came along and he's slapping the shit out of the incompetent Republicans who lost to Barack Obama. That's all it was. And no one had really done that, uh, certainly at, at that level of popularity or name ID. Um, it was always kind of like – so, if you, I mean, consider, consider what the GOP primary looks like without Trump. In 2016, so you have Jeb, you have Rubio. That would probably be your biggest drama because you know Rubio was kind of Jeb's apprentice sort of thing. <laughs> um, and so that would have been dramatic drama. But then you had Rand Paul, and then you had Ted Cruz. And I'm not saying who wins or not, but it it, it would have just been the same kind of like go along to get along. We have our policy disagreements, 
And at that point, the GOP base and voters didn't want that. They just they wanted someone to just come in and just, like I said, slap the shit out of all of them. And then, if, and then he, he, he goes and slaps the shit out of Hillary. And, and so I think that that's what they wanted. But the thing is that I don't think Trump or his people realize is this isn't an electorate. There are different priorities. It's a different country, largely thanks to COVID. Um, and I don't know if Trump really understands that. He's still just kind of running on MAGA. And it's kind of like that's not really going to cut it because four years ago we weren't dealing with like corporations, you know, putting their thumb on the scale of policy. And when, you know, the media went to Disney in Florida when they passed the parent parental education rights bill, the one play our media has is they, they try to get corporations involved. And which is interesting to me because of how much our media hates corporations or supposedly does. And so this is their only play. They knew they couldn't stop the bill from being signed. So their only play is to go to like Southwest Airlines and Disney and go, are you okay with this? Or you, you need to pull your business out of the state. And then Disney just goes, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. We should speak out on this. And then they do it. And DeSantis is like, so Disney and your lobbying power, your multimillion-dollar lobbying arm, thinks you're going to dictate what laws that we pass here? Huh, no. There goes your tax status. Goodbye. And that's where people just go, oh, shit, he's serious. And like I said, this isn't this isn't the same candidates, and it's not the same group. I'm I'm shocked as shit right now, I will say to see Marco Rubio being floated as a serious alternative to McConnell by the same people who didn't want, you know, gang of eight little Marco running for president. And, and so I'm just like sitting here, just kind of weirded out by the whole thing. Um, but that's this time is it's not, it, DeSantis doesn't have a brother who got us entangled in a foreign war. Okay. Um, and, and I still think, you know, that had more to do with Jeb Bush's family name. No more Bushes, no more Clintons. That's what that that's what that election was about. Um, and I'm still not convinced Jeb would have been the nominee had Trump not jumped in. So um, I just think that I don't know if Trump has a grasp of this. This is a just it's a different electorate now. And I think people are are starving for just good governance. That's it, which is why, like I said on the podcast today, like, look at look at Kemp in Georgia. Kemp in Georgia was maybe the first guy where Trump's attacks just washed off him. Like they didn't even affect him because he just didn't pay attention to them. He's like, I'm not going to answer this shit. Like whatever. Trump's throwing money to get him kicked out. And, um, you know, he's basically endorsing Stacey Abrams flat out. Like, and this is where I just, I don't get this. I don't get how the people backing him are like, Acceptable for Trump backing Stacey Abrams, but, you know, Liz Cheney is a traitor for backing a Democrat. And I don't like what Liz Cheney's doing. Don't get me wrong. But there's there's this double standard that always goes along with accepting Trump from his supporters. And that's the shit that I have trouble with. Um, and so but you look at Brian Kemp in Georgia and he's just a competent governor. He opened he opened the covid policies before DeSantis did, by the way. DeSantis then follows in Florida and Trump there's, is on record basically yelling at Kemp not to reopen. And that's where Trump is vulnerable. He has a record now. He's not just an unknown quantity uh, that can just go out and he can attack everyone because he's the unknown guy. No, he can be hit with for not firing Fauci and he can be hit for going along with the quarantines and he can be hit now with going along with the lockdowns. Fair or not, that's where they're going to get him. But I really do think DeSantis and Youngkin are following the Kemp model, which is just don't engage the shit. Don't engage in the schoolyard tactics because right now Trump's pretty powerless. He has a lot of base. He has strength in the base. He has enough to affect the vote if he goes third party, which I think he will. Um, but like I said, Kemp was pretty much the first guy to just be like, oh, fuck this guy. Like, who cares? You know, I'm in my state. I'm doing my state right. Um, and so Trump's just going apoplectic at him. And it's Kemp just destroyed Stacey Abrams. He beat her from a wider margin. And that's what this elector is saying. Governance, competent, good governing matters now, not social media. Two things that I... You touched on one of them, that Trump won't have 
in his corner as much if when he does announce again is that one he's no longer an unknown quantity we've seen how he governs and the thing i i don't understand in that regard is he there's all this talk about him being a great businessman and knowing how to lead when he's the he turns around and fired almost everybody that he appointed and talked shit on them within a year and so it, it gets to a point that you need to be you need to start answering questions of like well, the FBI did that behind his back. Well, whose fault is that? He left uh, James Comey in control of the FBI for months after he was appointed, after he was inaugurated. Uh, but the other thing is that, and I think one of the reasons a lot of people were fed up with Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush and all of this back in 2016, is that nobody was running on an anti illegal immigration or anti-immigration stance to try and secure the border at that point. It was all very, yes, we want to make sure that we emphasize legal immigration. There wasn't really much talk on how they were going to limit illegal immigration. But meanwhile, you've got people like Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis at this point that are actively saying, no, what we're doing is we're making sure that the Democrats are feeling the impact of illegal immigration and sending them up there. And they're getting wins in that regard and building brownie points with the base of people who are most affected by it and most concerned by it, which is that Trump base. Correct. And I think what people have realized is that it's sort of trumping in the way that they handle uh, the media and how they handle political opposition They'll take that, but they don't want the bullshit anymore. I think people are over it. That's the one thing me talking to just people is it's the first time I've talked to two, two, two Trump, two, two time Trump voters in both elections who did it willingly. They did it proudly. And now they're just like, I'm over this. I don't know how I don't think what he's doing is sustainable ultimately. One last thing before I go. Uh, I know that uh, this this podcast stands Cocaine Mitch, uh, but he is getting up there in age. And if you want to create quite the juxtaposition is by replacing the leadership of the Republicans with someone like Marco Rubio who is, what, in his low 50s or late 40s to replace uh, Mitch McConnell. And then, I mean, hope, uh, personally, I'm not a big fan of Kevin McCarthy. I think he has no idea what he's doing, and he's only in his position because he has a great fundraising base. Uh, but someone youthful opposite of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who are both in their 80s at this point, has a really good juxtaposition of we're trying to move forward as opposed to the Democrats who are still do, run having the same people in charge that they've had in charge for the last couple of decades. Uh, but yeah. Um, I mean, to me, that's a decent argument. I, I, I mean, the arguments about McConnell are, you know, uh, he's the establishment and he, he didn't help out like mass. He didn't, to me, that's all a distraction. If you want to make the age argument, then I'm fine with that. Uh, to me, it depends on who it is. Uh, I'm, I'm, for the most part, fine with Thune or Rubio or someone like that. I'm not a fan of Kevin McCarthy either, but he's in the spot. And so I don't know what to say on that. And I don't know um, I don't know who else is there. What, is it Stefanik? Is, Scalise is, is the other one that, uh, that put his name forward is all I've heard at this point. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, is Scalise any better or worse than McCarthy? I think he's probably more experienced and seasoned, but I don't, you know, he, to me, he's not really that exciting. And he's not, there's no, I mean, people are going to hate this, but there's no Paul Ryan type where someone who everyone agrees on can unify the party, um, can work with it. And I get people don't like Paul Ryan for whatever reason or another, but there, there isn't that person right now in the house. And so it just defaults to McCarty for, you know, a, a few years or a couple of years. And I if mean, he sucks at Senate... it, then you can replace him. But in my opinion, 
you know, someone asked me on the podcast today, is Elise Stefanik just going for VP? And I said, yeah, I think that's exactly what she's trying to do. Um, I, I don't think she wants to be second or third or fourth in the house. I think she wants to leapfrog all of that. And I think she wants to be Trump's VP. And I think she's probably on the short list. For- uh, the, the cynic in me and Machiavellian just says to put Scalise in charge of a 219 uh, uh, house and turn around what they've been saying about Nancy Pelosi and Paul Pelosi and just say, just have the same turnabout and say, this rhetoric is dangerous talking about the Speaker of the House this way. He's been shot by for this sort of rhetoric. Uh, but that might be a bit, a bit much. I'll let you move on to Matt from New Jersey, or if you leave until the end, like you said, move on to Ben, I guess. Thanks for uh, pulling me up to the front after leaving me hanging on on Wednesday. Yeah, no, I I apologize. For, I just there's there's times when I like I'm free to let people rant and there's other times when it's like, nah, we're doing an hour and that's it. Good night, folks. Um especially like if I planned on doing like four of these the say. Uh I'll I'll go ahead and take uh USA Matt here cuz he's up in line and then uh, I may Thanks for hey. thanks for being patient Froggy. Yeah. I'm in uh Georgia. My kids are depressed oh, at you. the idea of uh, watching War- Warnock and Walker ads on YouTube every time they turn it on for the next month. So um, we'll be living underneath that second time in a row of having the uh, runoffs. Um, but um, for me, I, um, I, I wasn't a big Trump supporter, but I saw how dishonest the media was with him that it caused me to support him in 2016. And I wanted him to win because he was a winner. Um, and I was sick of the losers in the Republican Party um, who, on principle, were just big losers. And they get run over by the media. Um, and I was sick of it because that's what they're doing to country and to the voters in the Republican Party. We're being run over by these people. And it's, um, you know, we want a fighter. But I don't, you know, I, there's there's plenty of things that I don't like about Trump. And I would be thrilled to have a different fighter who didn't have all of the, you know, baggage that Trump brings, you know, attacking DeSantis for no reason, all that. I'm not surprised. You know, I think Knowles had a really good statement on why are you surprised? Why are you offended by that? That's who he is. And and I think that's really is who he is. But I think it I, I don't think in 2024 you can win Trump like that because there's too many people who are sick and tired of him. I still want a fighter because we still need people who can punch the media and push back on their complete dishonesty and the way that they paint Americans who have a different view than their little bubble. Um, so I don't know. That's me. Uh, I don't think you're alone, obviously, in the sentiment. Um, and so, I mean, you're pretty much exactly um, in line with everything that I'm hearing, I guess. Not not to not make you feel like you're not a special snowflake or anything like that, but um, <laughs> I mean, this this seems, and this is why this is different than 2016, is because Trump's power, which de- he derives from his base and his supporters, seems to just be eroding there. And if that happens, um, he's not, he's not going to be able to make it, basically. Yeah, and then all the people who I live around in the suburbs of Atlanta would vote for somebody else who don't didn't vote for him, who didn't vote for Walker, right? That's why Walker's not, you know, why he's in a runoff. It's just still the same people who hate Trump, who live in the suburbs here, who don't, you know, want a Stacey Abrams. They don't want a, you know, radical leftist Democrat, but they're just so disgusted with the Trumps. And I think that if you can find someone who can, you know, thread the needle between, you know, blue collar America, which, you know, Trump did help the Republican Party shift where they had an appeal to, you know, middle America and blue collar America and the middle class, 
but then also not turn off the suburbs where you've got moms and dads and families who, you know, are embarrassed by Trump's behavior. Um, and I think you do that. 2024 is a landslide. Because I, I also believe the reason why the Republicans didn't do so well in the midterms is I looked at a lot of the polling data um, and such, and people aren't losing their jobs. And so, yeah, everything's more expensive, but people still have a job. If we hit recession, which I think we do in the next you know 12 to 18 months, people start losing their jobs. Once that happens, the, 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 they're not going to tolerate the, the Democratic Party. And if we have a, you know, a, a real candidate who people can get behind, I think you get a suit, you get a, you know, you get 60 votes in the Senate and you actually get transformation because people will be so sick of the Democrats by then. But it's, it's at least me, me it, maybe that's wish casting, but that's what I really believe. No, I think that that was the message this midterm. I think the message was just a shot across the bow of the Republicans. It's like. Uh, I mean, said, look, we're not happy with Joe Biden, but you're running fucking cuckoo crazy town. And they basically just said, if you moderate, because when you look at the moderates, most of the moderates won. And they said, if you moderate your party, then you guys are probably going to win. But until then, no, I'm sorry, we're not going for this. And so that to me was at least one of the messages of the midterms, especially considering how unpopular Biden is. And, you know, the fact that <clears throat> the last four presidents have just gotten murdered in their midterms. And I, I still don't understand Biden spiking a football on this because he could end up still losing both. And it's kind of <laughs> like, well, I don't know why you'd come out and take a victory lap, dude. Um, but that really, to me, what you said is to me is kind of the, sh was the message of the midterms here, which is um, we're not, we're not going to go for a lot of this stuff. Carrie Lake might win still probably, uh, but she might be the only one that kind of, survives that kind of candidacy and so um i think you're onto something and i do think that that was one of the messages of the midterms thanks matt i'm gonna break up ben and if you can hold back there uh i'm gonna kind of break up the bro fest here a little bit kathy i'm gonna make you next call see if she's paying attention this is always one of the funniest things i like when I bump someone up who's at the back of the queue and it's like, oh shit. I'll give her a minute. Oh, she's going to be mad when I drop her out now. All right. All right, Kathy, jump back in. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll bump you up if you can. But I am going to go ahead and make Sherry the next one because I do have... Uh, Jacqueline's back there, but it's all just a sauce. Is that two? This is a good indicator of who actually listens and who isn't. <laughs> all right. Oh, there she is. Okay, Sherry, jump back in the queue. Kathy, go ahead. You're next. Yeah, I'm just making sure you're, you guys are on I your was listening. I was listening the whole time and I was trying to unmute my mic and something was wrong. I had a glitch because the whole time after I entered the room, the same caller was in the uh, queue. The one that was talking when I entered stayed there the whole time. So I thought that was kind of weird. But anyway, so I just had to leave and come back. Well, now you're back. So go ahead. The floor is yours. Yes. Okay. Well, I was, um, I was just going to say, you know, Trump was not my guy either, but I did wind up voting for him twice because he governed decently in terms of policy. I, I don't like him, but, um, and I'm ready for him to be gone. I'm so sick of politics. I'm sick of them all. Um, but my problem is, I I don't think he's going to, he, well, we know that he, he can't go away, but I'm just not over the Russia collusion thing. And I know that's not your thing, but. What do you mean uh, specifically? What part of that or what angle do you mean? Well, I just mean the, the way that it was um, just bought and paid for. It was just a, um, 
it was a oppositional research thing gone on steroids and it was and the and the FBI participating in it. I just I can't get past that. And there I don't there's never been any accountability for it. So when you say you can't get past that, is that you basically saying you'd vote for him again then? Oh dear heavenly oh gosh. I hope not. <laughs> Please no. And you know and you know if he wins, he's gonna demand a third term and he ain't leaving until he gets it. So we all know just so we're all clear on that. That he, if he wins, he's and he might even suggest this before he wins. Is he going to say, "Is I should get another term because of Russia, Russia, Russia"? We know yeah. that's coming. So yeah. Um, but uh, so you don't know. So if he was a nominee, would you vote for him again, or would you write someone in? Uh, well, don't hate me, but if he was a nominee, I probably, I probably, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> perturbed right now. My thing is, I just, I can't, I can't vote for a Democrat. I just, I can't, the only Democrat I've ever voted for is Zell Miller, who was our governor here in Georgia, and he was a good governor. Um, But they don't, and Sam Nunn was our um, senator from Georgia in, you know, years past. He was a good senator, but they don't make Democrats like that anymore. Uh, No, they do not. Um, if you, uh, if you had, uh, because you're in Georgia, I assume you're going to be voting in the runoff. Oh yeah. Um, so what, what do you want to see happen down there? Do you want to see McCall get involved? Do you want to see DeSantis and Youngkin get involved down there? Do you want to see Trump get involved? What, what, what do you want to see happen that, you know, gets Herschel Walker over the line down there? Mm. I want, um, let's see, somebody that I listen to a lot said something like, Kemp needs to handcuff him to himself and carry him around the state and not let Trump get anywhere near him. Yeah, that's what I said on the podcast. <laughs> and it sounds like that's what McConnell told him to do. And it sounds like that's what he is going to do. And then, yeah, if Trump lands the airplane, just cattle prod him and slip his pilot a hundred bucks and just fly him to Arkansas mm-hmm. or something. And, um, you know, but uh, we, we know that that's not going to happen. And I've said by and I've said, if, he, if for some reason or another, Trump costs the, the Herschel Walker seat, I actually think that would probably be the end of him. I think even then, the most hard, the most hard, other than his advisors like Gorka and whatever, but mm-hmm. that would that would cost even some of his most hardcore support if he basically just goes and says the the election in Georgia's rigged, don't vote, and yeah. it costs and it costs Walker. I think that's probably the end. I don't know. Maybe I made the mistake of going down some rabbit holes on Twitter today, and yeah, I don't am do just—I know—I I can't believe how he's so worshipped. I—I don't understand that. I, but I'm not even sure that that would be the case if he um, blows it for Walker. I. They'll double down, even triple down, even more. I'm yeah, afraid, I'm but, sure. I'm sure. So, um, like the the hardcore would blame McConnell or would blame you know Kemp or whatever or something like that. But I mean, the thing that you're seeing is, and the reason why I don't, well, the reason why I think the kind of that way is, you're already seeing people peel off of him. You're already starting to see this. Yeah. You know, people are looking at other options, and people are starting to peel off. And if people are starting to peel off he eventually becomes toxic to the point of anybody people would rather peel off of him than stick to him. Mm-hmm. And he's always going to have a base of support. He's always going to have a, you know, a 15, 20% hardcore base that won't ever leave him ever, but that's not enough to win an election. That's certainly not enough to even impact on a third party run. And so I guess I look at that and I'm like, the fact that you're already starting to see people who are just like, yes, thank you. Go away now. Um, to me, if he ends up costing him another sentence, like if another one, mm-hmm. then I just think that it just becomes to the point to where you, you can't ignore polling. Trump will ignore polling. He'll say he's winning all the polls because he did some fucking true social poll or something. Um, mm-hmm. becomes, it becomes to the point to where it, it's something that cannot be denied and it can't be ignored. So. Yeah. Well, well I I would like to ignore him, but I I I still <laughs> you can um, you actually I, can. It's not it's not hard. I mean, I saw his response. I saw because everyone posted his you know his no, diatribe I was listening DeSantis, to but you on the, I don't um, think like you can. I don't think about the guy nonstop. Yeah. You can you don't have to look at his true social posts. You can ignore him. 
That's, well, I, I don't look Ron at Ron DeSantis can ignore him. Glenn Young can But I was listening to uh, Your governor the King of him. Stuff today, and you read it out to me. Oh, yeah. Well, that happened because that happened the recording. I, I joked with John. I wasn't sure if he was going to leave that in there um, as we were recording. And I just saw it pop up and I was like, ah, shit, here we go. And I was kind of like, my first thought was, who's going to read all of that? Um, that that would be my thing. If I'm DeSantis, I just look at that. And I'm not fucking reading all of that. I'm Did just... somebody transfer it over to Twitter? Is that where you saw it? Yeah, somebody posted it over on. They posted like four screenshots of the whole statement. Oh, <laughs> That's the thing. Someone needs to tell him he's got to shorten these things up. You know, you can't you can't keep doing this. So anyway, Kathy, I'm going to move all on. Right. But it was good to hear yes, from you. And, yes, and good luck. Good you. luck down there in Georgia. Take care. Thank you. Don't, Pray don't for go, us. Don't go too kooky. Cuckoo crazy right. down there. <laughs> Bye. All right. Now I'll go ahead and take Ben. As soon as Kathy drops. Oh, what do I need to do? Just, uh, if you could just mute your mic, that would be good. And then I can move. I can, oh. I can, I can bump for you. I'm so sorry. Nope. You're okay. Oh. Don't run but see, now I'm having the same trouble. I'm trying to mute. What? Th- it, it looked the, like there was a little bit of change in interface. Um, look down in the left-hand corner. You should see the Oh, mute hang up, hang up. Okay, I'm sorry. So or sorry. just hang up. That too. No worries. Go ahead, Ben. Thanks for waiting. And Frogged you a bit. Uh, first one, Ron DeSantis got a bridge built quicker than... A whole bunch of states can count votes. And at this rate, you're going to get basic services back up from a second that's, hurricane. That's a good, yeah. Roger Santos built a, an entire bridge in less time than it took Nevada to count votes. Yeah. That, um, I mean, that's also an argument against Trump if you should run against him. He's like, I got a bridge built in two days and you couldn't build a wall in four years. <laughs> um, second one. So with Shotgun Frankenstein and his... Uh, win in Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, I've just pulled up the I've just pulled up the Senate race for 2024, um, and I think this is a general thing as well with the whole spiking the football um, in the Senate. Is that whilst expectations weren't met, it was also a very good map for Democrats um, this cycle. Next cycle, you've got states like Wisconsin again, West Virginia, which Manchin will probably lose. Arizona, but that cinema seat, so naughty. Um, and you've got Pennsylvania. So assuming Shotgun Frankenstein doesn't make his full term, which uh, if I was a gambling man, I'd put money on, you're going to have a special election in that state as well as the other seat up as well. And all other things being equal, I think there's a very good argument there that, you know, the message is they lied to you. They put this stroke victim in. Um, why would you not only let his wife back, but why would you also then trust them again with the second seat? So particularly if the fundamentals aren't, um, you know, if they're going to go down the toilet, and I agree with the previous caller, um, you know, if we, if we enter a session and you lose seat or you lose people lose their jobs, you're going to end up with a lot of pissed off people. And I think this is one of those areas where spiking the football now Noting that, you know, they're going to lose the House and they could still lose the Senate. Um, he's going to come back to bite them in 2024. Yeah. Um, the Because, and I mean, this is going to be one of my favorite things to watch. Like, how how is this guy just going to function? And, and how long are they going to keep a charade up? You know, is are they just going to wheel a monitor in when he has to vote and he just gets to sit in his house? I mean, it's going to get crazy with him. And I think a lot of people are on board with the idea that he's not – I don't even know if he serves a full year. He might not even live a full year. <laughs> that's something that's not really being talked about. But they got their seat and they got their dumb vote. They got their, you know, whatever. And, again, Shapiro – uh, who is elected in Pennsylvania and there's still people I've talked to said, if that happens, if Fetterman just says he has to resign over his health, be he got in and whatever. And they figured out he can't actually be a Senator or whatever. And, you know, the conspiracy is that he'll, he'll step down if, if Shapiro appoints his wife 
and whatever. But from everything that I've read, Shapiro wouldn't really go for that. They said he's more of an establishment guy that would probably put Connor Lamb in that seat or somebody else. But then Fetterman just says, okay, I'm not going to step down and I'm going to continue to, to blurt out the wrong vote or some shit. Um, but I, you're right that that could be a special election. And you're also right in the sense of, I think polling in, in the right got ahead of its skis in the sense of if you look at polling, it pretty much was accurate, just not in the right places as far as like Republicans winning a popular House vote. Um, they just didn't take the amount of seats that they had. And then also the Senate was always supposed to be a kind of 51, 52, 49 toss up. And so I think the right got a little bit ahead of its skis, but you're right about the map heading in. I mean, you'll have cinema is going to get primaried hard in Arizona, naughty speaking of. Um, and so you, and then you're also right about the other Pennsylvania seat. Manchin might not even run again. That's the thing. He's, he's getting up there in age also, and he might not want to put up with this shit anymore. You're right that that would probably be a red, uh, that would flip over to a red, uh, especially with Biden just coming out and saying, we're going to kill every coal job in the country twice after he was corrected, he, then he went and said it again, basically. Um, but you are right about the recession. As I noted, one of my favorite, and I don't want to say favorite because it's a lot of fucking people are going to get hurt, is Biden and his team saw the polling with, you know, thinking it was going to be a red wave. So they go out a few weeks ago and Biden's like, if you put these guys in charge of the country, there's going to be a, the economy's going to crash. Okay, well, they're not really in charge of the country now. Even if they take the House by one or two seats and they lose the Senate, how are you now going to explain the double dip recession that's coming here in a few months? How are you going to explain that? Because you just tried to blame, and I get it, they'll spin it and they'll do whatever, but he went out there and fully said, and this is one of these things in three months, four months, I can see myself just pulling up the tweets and pulling up the Biden statements and going, hold on, you were going to blame this recession on Republicans. Well, they're not in charge. So now how are you going to explain this recession? And you're right. When people start, when people who aren't in Silicon Valley, by the way, start losing their jobs, they're not going to be able to hide. That's the only economic indicator that's positive that they keep pointing to is, well, people are hiring, hiring is strong. There's, uh, you know, wages and you're going to get some seasonal employment. Sure. But come January, February, March, you're right. People are going to start getting laid off. And the other thing with that is if that happens, and I've always said Trump's not going to have to steal anything. He will walk back into that White House and people are going to be just left going, how the fuck did this happen? And all of the all of the shenanigans and all of the shouting and maybe DeSantis just says, I'm not going to fucking deal with this guy. I'm staying in Florida. Um, yeah, I think that you make a couple of a lot of valid points there. And I didn't that's why I didn't understand Biden literally coming out the very next day with several races still up in the air. And he's like, hey, we won. And it's like, no, even if you lose by even if you, you lose the house by one or two seats, you still lost. confused by it um like as a background i'm australian and we had an election earlier in the year where and there's slight differences if you control the lower house you also control the executive but we had a party barely win the lower house i think they have a majority of one one or two and they didn't win the senate so they have to rely on independence to pass their legislation um and so i'm seeing and down here that was like a big win so everyone was over the moon that the our democrat party equivalent kind of won and everyone's celebrating that they'd um just won the house so and i'm seeing it here with republicans everyone's doom and gloom about you know not winning the house as big as they thought they would and probably not winning the senate um and you know with the caveat that expectations weren't performed you've still you know, you're going to get gridlocked. You've set yourself up for a good 2024, you know, a whole bunch of factors, one big orange, one in particular dependent. But I think people on the right just need to be careful about separating what is a failure to meet expectations and what the actual results on the ground look like. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've always just been like, I, I'm kind of in the sense of gridlock is good and I don't care how many seats they win. And I don't really care if they even take both houses, as long as they take one and they can stall whatever Biden is trying to do. I'm for the most part, happy with that. And obviously president has powers. They have enumerated powers so they can, he can executive order shit. And you all know that that's 
the the latest one is it looks like he he wants to extend the uh, COVID emergency through next April, and that's something again that the Republicans blew on their uh, on elections um, by not pointing that out. That that's that's one thing I go back and I look. They did not run enough on punishing Biden and the Democrat Party for their COVID policies and masking children and being, you know, I would have made Randy Weingarten main character number one, and they didn't really do that. They kind of ran on crime and inflation, which is, those were concerns, certainly, but you also have to remind voters. You have to say, I mean, these are the people that put your six-year-old in masks. And oh, by the way, if you reelect them, they're going to do it again here coming up when we get a new variant or a new spike. And so, uh, but I'm with you in the sense of managing expectations. My expectations have always just been take one house and slow this shit down, preferably the house, because that's where a lot of the, you know, the power of the purse lies and stuff like that. So you can just defund a bunch of his shit right off the bat. Um, but I, like I said, I'm with you in this. I don't care if they just have a one or two or a three seat house majority. That's all it takes to just stall this out and effectively end his presidency. So Ben, I'll give you one last. We're only two years from January 6th, and you've been saying for a while, you know, the right's going to eat a lot of shit over it. And I think there's definitely been an element of eating shit in these results. Um, and at the end of the day, if you said to, you know, a lot of Republicans the day after Jan 6th that in the midterms, uh, the Republicans would retake the House and at least set up a competitive um, structure for 2024 in the Senate, um, I think... If that's the worst shit we eat, um, then, you know, that's not as bad as it could have possibly been. So that's what I'll end on. Thanks, Ben. I agree. This, this is part of eating it. People are just, they don't want anyone in there that's associated with January 6th or Stop the Steal or, or anything like that. And I guess you just better hope that that's where it ends. And like I said, you're going to see the media still play the Pied Piper scenario. They just, they really want to keep Trump the main character and they really want to keep him uh, talking about January 6th and, and the elections were rigged and shitting all over camp and DeSantis and whatever. I just don't know how much of a taste people on the right have anymore for it. Uh, little red, go ahead, and then I'll try to get uh, one or two more of you in. But we're we're kind of closing up on time here. But go ahead, little hey. newbie here. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're you're good. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm in Oregon. Uh, we flipped um, some Democratic seats here in Oregon, and they did it in um, New York as well. But what I really want to talk about is the school boards. The New Yorker ran this amazing piece about how all fear-mongering, blah, blah, blah. That is where the Democrats are paying the price, is in the school Yeah, that didn't, get, that didn't get enough attention. A lot of these local seats, you're right, flip. Not as many as people were hoping or whatever like that, but you're right that because of these large, especially in Oregon, where I think you had a you had a close governor's race, where it still went it still went Democrat. Um, yeah, I just got called today. But um, but you're right. So that's something that'll get a lot of attention coming up as policies start to flip, and then they're going to say, you know, they're kicking gender queer book out of the library and CRT, and then the, the media will start to pay attention. But that happened in a few states. Um, you know, as we saw, like kind of in Colorado earlier this year with Douglas County, and so I think you're right in the sense of, and I'm fine with that stuff flying under the radar, by the way. And that's you're, you're going to hear more about that as we get into next year, and as school policy starts to change in some of these places, then the media will suddenly start to go, "What happened here?" Well, even on so the crazy liberal who was pro um, Antifa. Uh, on the city council, she lost her race because Portland is just tired of it. We're tired of the bullshit. We're tired of our city getting burned down once a month. Yeah, and, and also, it's only, I mean, it's only once a month now, but it was like every night. And then also, <laughs> you got yeah, and then your and obviously your your governor probably got the message on that one with how close the election was. So you would hope that they would go ahead and police that a little bit more and then i mean portland when's your next mayor wheeler is still up there but isn't that next year um it's during the presidential election so okay so wheeler's still there for a few more years so 
Um, but yeah, it's Fuck him. Yeah. And see, here's the thing with Wheeler. Like, I voted for him, and the reason why I voted for him is because he was running against a literal communist. Like, that was who his opponent was. So do I vote for Wheeler or the communist? Uh, you never vote for the communist, so that's what's good. But that's, yeah, exactly. that's what's to see with Oregon, because Oregon's one of those states where the cities are blue, but rural is red. And Very. you had a close election, so we'll see if the governor moderates. And that's another thing. I mean, the Democratic Party is probably not going to take a lot of messaging away from some of this stuff, which is, hey, hey, you know, our our, our bail reform, that seems popular because we still won, and it's not. This, this election was a message towards far-right kind of stop-the-steal candidates, but de- Democrats are going to kind of overshoot on a lot of this stuff and be like, hey, we can keep doing some of this stuff. So a little radical. Yeah, no, just that there was an earthquake, there was a red wave, it was just on the very local level. Yeah, and then you'll probably start to see that coming in the next year, and the media is going to kind of go, hey, what's going on here with some of these school boards in Oregon, and isn't that liberal country? And uh, again, you just point to the map and you go, well, that's what happened. And by the way, parents still haven't forgotten some of this stuff. So I'm still pissed. My, My youngest lost an entire school year. Yeah. Uh, you're not alone, certainly in that, and it doesn't really matter. I think there's a lot of parents who, even if they're in progressive areas, are just kind of like, uh, we're we're not going to tolerate this anymore. So, Little Red, well, thank, thank you. you. Yep, yep, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take one more here. Sorry to Jacqueline, Greg, and Matt. Uh, I'm going to try to be on tomorrow. Uh, as well. So if you can jump back in tomorrow, I'll make sure to, you guys get your say. But Tommy, go ahead and Uh Yeah, I'm a college student in Arizona. I'm from New Jersey and I have family in Pen- My dad lives in Pennsylvania. I'm, most of my extended family is in Florida. So I pretty much have a lot of access to like kind of what the feel is in different states. And in Arizona, like one of my closest friends, she actually works on Carrie Lake's campaign and a lot and her sentiment and same with a lot is like they're just so fucking sick of Trump, and I think that's kind of in because Kerry Lake almost has to be almost indebted to Trump because Trump pretty much created her, and she looks like she's going to be the only one of the like the the twenty twenty election with stolen candidates who's going to win. So I think that's going to be interesting. But the feeling of around like pretty much everyone I know is conservative, and like I supported Trump both times my dad voted my whole family voted for him both times diehard trump fans but every conservative i know is just sick of it and wants them to shut up and they all think that my friend who works in care lake's campaign they're like he he costs us the midterms so i've never seen that before like every literally every conservative i know no matter the age wants DeSantis to run they're sick of trump i think he hurt them in the midterms so that's why i think you're really right where for the first time ever like his bit a, a large portion of his base is just tired of it. And I think that's going to, that's why I think he's vo- more vulnerable now than he's ever been before. Yeah. And the fact that he's let, he's launching his campaign so early, that's not a sign of strength. That's a sign of, for the most part, weakness that he's just, he wants to freeze the field out. He wants them neutralized. He doesn't want anyone to jump in. It just wants to be him. And the, I mean, the more that he just kind of does this, the more that he acts out, at DeSantis for no reason or Youngkin for no reason or whatever, I think that that's going to just get people to be even more sick of him. And it's just going to be, yeah. I, I, and I, I don't understand why he's jumping in this early um, because <laughs> I, I can't imagine people, It's again, you're not putting up with another term of Trump. You're going to be putting up with six years of him. He's, he's going two full years before the 2024 election and then he could win. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know how people go for it. I've been wrong before. Um, but I do know that again, this, because this isn't like 20, 2016, people have other options. And so what will also be interesting to see is should someone like DeSantis jump in, do people who have been planning on running see, they see the polling, they see what it looks like. Um, do they decide to sit it out and just say, okay. We're not going to do this again. You know, Pompeo, Pence, Haley, Tim Scott, people like that. Do they just say, you know, we're not going to do this because if we if if we don't want Trump, 
then if seven of us get in, we're going to just split the field up and he's going to win again. So that's a that question that's going to be interesting to see. Pompeo's making plans to run. Pence is making plans to run. But if they have pollsters that say, look, Pence, you're at 3%. DeSantis is at 60. You're not in. This isn't going to be worth it. You need to just drop out and throw your support behind that guy. And then that way they can nuke him. So that, those are all going to be variables that are going to be interesting to see. So, but to, I mean, Tommy, you're not alone in that. People's families, people who I know who are hardcore Trump guys, they're just. Yeah, the only people I really see like defending Trump are all like it's all on Twitter. Like if you want to laugh, go to Truth Social and like click on his latest post. And it's like, look at all the comments. It's like just hilarious. Like the boomer Facebook style yeah. pro-Trump post. It's, 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 it's a sight to behold. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of resigned to it. I'm in the sense of, like, nothing I say is going to change any of their minds. Um, And like I said, I've just said until I'm blue in the face is I'm not someone who, you know, pundits or can write all they want at National Review or The Federalist or Politico or whatever. That's not going to that's not what's going to have to happen. It's his voters, just like you said, are just going to have to say we're over this. We want someone new. um, And that's all it is. So I'll give you one last word and then we're going to wrap up. Uh, yeah, that's kind of pretty much where I'm at. Um, and I really don't understand why, like, why, like, someone like Pence would run because, like, he, he has no shots. I don't know if it would just be to boost his profile to sell a book. Cause, like, I feel like in 2016, a lot of people ran who, like, just didn't have any chance and they hung on till the bitter end when they still had no yeah. chance. So I hope that there's some kind co- sort of coordinated effort to, to, you know, support DeSantis as an alternative to Trump. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm pessimistic in general. So I have no idea. Uh, Pence will run because he says that Jesus told him to, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, and I mean, again, one of the things I'm trying to moderate, you know, moderate people on is I, what if DeSantis decides not to run? You're all kind of screwed. And then, then you're, then you're down to, do you choose Pence, Pompeo or Yunkin or something? And so this is what I caution about politics. Don't get all of your hopes up and don't get it in. As I've said, at this point, I don't know how you don't run. If it's your moment and you're being told it's your moment, I don't know how you don't do it. So that's pretty much the uh, sentiment I'm going to go ahead and leave it on tonight. Uh, Thanks for that, Tommy. Uh, For you uh, left back there, I apologize as usual. Um, I'm going to try to be here tomorrow. Uh, probably for just another hour to just wrap up this week uh, because it is silly week. And I know that a lot of people have thoughts and things to say. So uh, Jacqueline, Greg, a few of my regulars back there. Um, I apologize. I appreciate you being patient so I can get some newer people in who uh, are kind of just new to this whole thing. So again, uh, thanks to my callers. Thanks to my audience. Um, this has been a kind of a, a fun, a fun, interesting, hectic, silly week, and it's not over. So uh, I'm going to once again try to be here tomorrow late a.m. So keep an eye out for keep an eye out for the alert. I know some of them said alerts aren't working, so I'll uh, get on get calling on the horn and yell at them. And uh, you can, of course, get me on Twitter, provided that website is going to still be around after the weekend. And if not, I will see you guys uh, back on Patreon on Tuesday. And also, I have signed up for a Substack. It's just uh, versus media on Substack. So if you have an email address for right now, I'm, it's a uh, free subscription. I'm just parking it there. There's no content, but uh, if you want to get alerts there uh, until you figure out what I'm going to do with that space, you're free to also uh, sign up there. And if you didn't get that, it's just versus media on Substack. You can just do a Google search. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks to my callers as usual. Thanks to my audience. Thanks for you guys for spending an hour here on your Friday night. Uh, go out there, go cause some mischief, go do, go drink some alcohol, um, go let your kids stay up late and, uh, or I don't know, go, go eat something unhealthy. It's the weekend. God damn it. We made it.